Before we get started, we just want to let you know about a few ways you can support our Grassroots Indie show. You can follow us on social media at No Bad Reviews Pod. We'd love it if you could go to your favorite podcasting app and rate us and review us. Also, please tell a friend about our podcast. And last, you can financially support us on patreon.com slash nobadreviews, buymeacoffee.com slash nobadreviewspod, and you can buy merch at our website, nobadreviewspodcast.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three friends, co-workers, and coffee industry professionals get together every other week, explore this beautiful world we're living in, using coffee as inspiration for our exploration. Mm. Yeah, and I'm Jenny, and I run the operations at a coffee company. (laughs) (laughs) Modest coffee, and I also work there, and... uh, Man, uh, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a busy, I'm a busy boy. That's what I am lately. Mm-hmm. Just getting busy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the fun way, just in a normal way. <sighs> just in a busy sort of adult way. I'm just trying yeah. to think, you know, visualize that. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> Shalom. I'm Stephanie. <laughs> I'm the modest coffee employee of the month and, um, the most Jewish person in the room, which matters today. Genetically. Genetically. Right. We're yeah. all tiny bit Jewish genetically, but you're definitely the most genetically Jewish. I love how Jenny just like goes and reveals the entire like punchline in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we got to talk about what the coffee is, no matter what. This is great. It, this is the opportunity <laughs> for it. I ruin the punchline and then I say why. <laughs> you know, this is actually, this is relevant because Jenny also is the type of person that is like, oh, I need to read the end. And then I love enjoying how they get there. That's do you true. do that? Do you read the end of Sometimes. Books? It's, you know what, though? This is, okay, this is a writing style that I really don't like is um, like those writing styles that make books way too intense. Mm. Like to me, I think it's a little bit of an author cop out. So if I read the end and I know what's going to happen, but the rest of the book to get to the end is still good, then that's a quality piece of literature. (laughs) But after I know the end, if I'm reading the book and it's just all stupid, Mm -hmm. then it was like, this is a book written to like (laughs) play on my emotions and my, like my suspense. To me, that's, it's like, to me, storytelling and the writing and everything that leads up to it is more than suspense. You've got to have like good character development and good everything else that it goes into a book. I mean, I'm not an author, so I don't know. Um, I'm but sorry yeah. if I put you on the spot. No, it's true. I mean, I think it's important. It's a really fascinating philosophy. Mm-hmm. I'm horrified that you read the end first. <laughs> not always. Not always. <laughs> Only if the book is too intense. Okay. If the book is, like, making me feel like I need to get to the next page, mm. like, it's just, like, like it aggravates me. Like, Dan Brown, that Dan Minus. Brown book yeah. was. And I read the end. You know what another one was? Gone Girl. Mm. It was so intense reading it, and it feels like, oh, I got to get to the next page. I got to find out what happens next. I got to find out what happens next. But once I knew the end, I was like, 
no longer was that compelling. <laughs> mm. So to me, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm reading Jane Austen and that moves super slowly, but I'm super into it. Do you know how it ends? So the one I'm reading right now, I don't know how it ends. Okay. But you know, it's just, it's more about, it's like a commentary on life in the early 1800s in English nobility. So it's, it's like it's interesting. It's real housewives to... of, of 1800s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> English nobility. Hilarious. That's what it is. There should be more to a book than just all suspense. Okay. Not that a little suspense is bad, but if it's just all suspense. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense to I me. Threw, I threw Jenny like way under the bus No, it's okay. There. There's no um, bus. There's no bus. Yeah. And so, Unless I'm reading on but it. Weird tangent to say that like, yes, Jenny and I found out that we are percentage Jewish. 0.2%. Yeah. So I took the ancestry. as a little more than you, but it's like seventh or eighth grandparent generation or whatever was Ashkenazi Jewish for me. That's Eastern European, so that's your Jewish or your Polish side. And for me, it's my Lithuanian side. Ooh. Uh Uh-huh. There you go. That's where that comes from, is Eastern Europe. Which one of your parents is Lithuanian? My dad's side. Your dad's side. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm Jewish. I'm half Jewish on my dad's side. Which means you're not it Jewish at all. at all, and so yes. I am Jewish. The that part would... of of where my families are from um, is from my mother's side. So if Marcus is 03 percent Jewish on his mother's side, then he's more Jewish than me. The most, By, you're the most t- Jewish I'm, man. In the technic- room. I'm the only Jew in the room. Technicality. <laughs> Because I know who my mother is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So let's be clear. The reason this law exists, Jewish law says your mom is probably a whore. Huh. So if your dad's Jewish, it's meaningless. Your mom needs to be Jewish in order for you to be Jewish. Because patriarchy. Isn't it great? So This sounds very matriarchal, though. Well... (laughs) <laughs> it's a patriarchal religion that mm. says your mom is a whore. Yeah. Really? See, I was trying to look is at it like from a different... Is that like culturally ingrained that moms are whores? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a presumption. It's just a presumption that all women are whores. Or, or is this just what the laws... Oh, the laws were built on the assumption that yes. all women are whores. Yes, yes. Or not like for actual money, but all women, you know, women sleep around. Yeah, yeah. God. Can't be trusted. What? You can't trust your wife. What, you know, what time, like, who got hurt? Who got hurt back then? That's like, all women. Well, what happens? Which rabbi? What happens if a family has all boys? Like, like the religion dies out? There's got to be some sort of, there's got to be some sort of loophole. Well, I mean, those boys are Jewish because their mom was Jewish, and then they marry a nice Jewish girl. Oh, I see. And then their kids are Jewish because their wife is Jewish. I see, I see, okay. I see. Yeah. I guess I should clarify that I was not raised with any religious instruction of any kind at all. So I don't know the answer to any question unless I looked it up yesterday in preparation for this episode. Mm. (laughs) So if a guy doesn't marry a nice Jewish girl, but they still want their kids to be Jewish, everybody would have to convert. Mm -hmm. Or if if the wife converted, then her kids could be Jewish, perhaps? Yeah, I have this rule written down here somewhere. so you're not making this up because I thought you were just winging this. No, this is... This no, is real. dude. This, this is, is crazy <laughs> to me. I mean, Steph's been saying this for like a year. I know, but you know, Steph. She's, been, she's you know. kept the same joke going for a year. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the long, you know. Okay, so. Hmm. I'm impressed. Should we just say really quickly what our episode is about? 
Oh, yeah. That would be a good idea. <laughs> okay. Before we do that, I just want to do one quick recommendation, not a full clarification. Our friend and listener, Carl, says if you want to learn about the Democratic Republic of the Congo, mm-hmm. he says there's a great movie to watch called When We Were Kings. Okay. Yeah. So that's a recommendation for everybody if you were interested and want to learn slash see more. Thanks, Carl. That yeah, would have Carl. been helpful thank while you. I was doing my research, but <laughs> thank you. I think your research went just fine yeah. without Carl. But you know what? Maybe you should start consulting him before you start researching. Say, hey, Carl, you got a movie for me? Carl is a member, oh. a board member of the Film Society, the so Aurora I would trust Film him. Society, yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyways. Shout out to the Aurora Film Society. Yeah, Modest Coffee sponsors them as well as this podcast. What? So we're kind of sisters with the Aurora Film Society. Oh, nice. This podcast and them. Oh, there you go. You cool, know, huh? It is. Okay, so back to our episode. We are doing, um, Steph had this great idea to do an episode on Purim. Purim? Mm-hmm. Purim. 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 It's a Jewish holiday, so I'll let Steph talk about that. But for this holiday, we're going to be trying uh, Hebrew coffee roasters, coffee, and they make a kibitz blend. So we're going to learn all about them. Is They're in uh, Raleigh, kosher? Raleigh, North Carolina. Absolutely certified kosher, Good. yes. Yes. And their um, their uh, tagline is, a cup full of chutzpah. Did I say chutzpah. that right? Chutzpah. chutzpah. Okay, you know what? Most Jewish person in the room. Boom. There you are. Can it's you please, just in my like, blood. you know what? Just cut me out of this episode I, when it comes to saying Jewish things. <laughs> my I can't pronunciation anything. Yeah. Just hand it to Marcus. He's got to be our resident, <laughs> our real Jew you in know, the room. It just it makes sense because I used to love Mel Brooks, you know, movies. It's uh, just in my, it's in my heart. Everyone's favorite Jew, Mel Brooks. Yeah. 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 He's the best. He is. Mm. So go ahead and say their tagline without me messing it up. A cup full of chutzpah. Oh, this is the Kibitz blend? Where's the... Oh, it's a Shalom Bubbla. Shalom <laughs> Bubbla. Which, um... And a cup full of what? Say that part. Oh, and a cup full of chutzpah. There you go. Chutzpah. There it is. So, you know, shalom means peace, but it's also used really casually to mean hello or goodbye. And bubbla is like, um... Oh, so I pronounced that right, too? Yeah. Oh, man, it's just there. It's like a term of endearment, so mm. it could mean, you know, honey or whatever. So... Shalom Bubbala, it basically is like, hey, babe. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> Their whole website is um, filled with funny Yiddish phrases and very amusing. So this coffee was marketed to me on social media, and I thought it was funny. Um, Hebrew, co- you know, it's like a pun, Hebrew coffee, right? So, um, oh, Hebrew coffee. Ah, <laughs> it took me a second, even after you said it's a pun. Ah. So, I thought it was funny. I looked at the website, the website is actually hilarious. Yeah, um, two kinds of coffee, like the kibbutz blend, and then the other one is maybe a chutzpah blend that's like a dark roast. So, we want the medium roast. But I decided the best time to do this coffee would be lining it up with a Jewish holiday. Which, in fairness, I understand is really easy. Like, there's holidays all the fucking time. There's quite a few. Right. I chose the most fun one. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> it's, sort of, it's sort of like a Jewish St. Patrick's Day. It's really about, like, debauchery. I feel like we've missed an opportunity for Love <laughs> It or great. Leave It to have Manischewitz here. 
I think you just leave it. Yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. Manischewitz really wine, you yeah. mean? Yeah. For love it or leave it? Yeah. I had that thought and chose not to. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's Although funny. I've drank plenty of it. And actually, like, I remember being barely old enough to drink and everyone being really happy that someone at Passover was willing to drink this fucking wine that they bought every year, but nobody wanted to drink. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It was, I mean, it tastes like a wine cooler. It's sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. Really sweet. That's what I hear. Um, so Purim is celebrated on the 14th day of Adar on the, the Hebrew calendar. Yes, the month of Adar. And we're in like, you're like 5,672 or something, right? I didn't look up the year. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so Adar, how many months are there in Hebrew calendar? I don't know. Okay, so Ooh, a lot. damn. Look, I'm so smart. 5,782. Oh, didn't I get is. it really close? I don't right. remember what I just said, but there's a recorded record of how smart I am. <laughs> so that's how far back the history goes, eh? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. That's a lot of history, man. Yes. 6,000 years. Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. That's amazing. Um, The 14th day of Adar falls on March 6th. So here is um, the story that has led to the holiday of Purim. I'm going to pronounce everything wrong. I'm just going to like... Make sure everyone's fine with that. Do you want to just like throw, show your notes to Marcus and let him do it in the proper Jewish pronunciation? <laughs> You'll be like, back in the day, there was a guy named, and then Marcus says it. <laughs> And then you you'll know. go back to reading. It'll be kind of like Mad Libs, I'm, and Marcus will be the one filling in the blank. Listen, I'm going to tap into that part of, of myself, and I feel wrong about you, a woman, telling me my history. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Should you be doing this? It feels sacrilegious. As a matter of fact, it is sacrilegious. I am not supposed to be reading this story. It is supposed <laughs> to be read by a man. But women are Marcus. allowed to listen. Women are allowed to listen. <laughs> Honestly. Here are my notes. <laughs> wow. You go right ahead. How? Steph did the work for you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tr- as is tradition. <laughs> I have done all the work. It's, are, you, are you guys feeling? I'm, I'm like, feel that tingly in my heart. <laughs> That's Judaism. That's crazy. Just new. <laughs> I, I do, just knew. I do feel a little bit like uh, there's definitely been like a modern day shift from the past Orthodox ways of doing Judaism because like every Jewish woman I know seems to be like fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> and no enjoy yeah. life. And there's no way that you could be they fun all are pretty... and not have Stockholm Syndrome. No, it's like they're all pretty like tough Uh-oh. and like boisterous and then their husbands the ones i all knew are all like the quieter ones Mm. a little more demure so this i don't i don't know if that's cultural or if it's just those are the type of women i attract to myself (laughs) (laughs) so here's my rule with people in general men or or women but i don't like people that are quiet and i don't like people that talk too much (laughs) you know in general i think it's funny you literally just described exactly what i was describing (laughs) <laughs> all right can we let's stuff get back to our story i'm very interested in purim okay so the bible this is like challenging for me because i our people's bible the the talmud no, no wait the torah. the torah the torah francine corrected us about the talmud which is something else that's only for rabbis i think i'm looking forward to another 
uh, email of clarification from Francine for this episode, actually. <laughs> you know, it's like you say that you're the resident Jew, but Francine is truly our resident One Jewish person, or at least Jewish expert. I don't know if she's Jewish. She is. is she, she, yes. did, did she? Okay. Yes. Okay, so um, it's the book of Esther from the whatever, the Old Testament, too. It's, it's a story everyone know, everyone knows. All of us. Wait. Um, but wait. I'm pronouncing okay. Esther wrong. How do you say it? Esther. Just Esther? Yeah. That's I don't it. actually think that's the Hebrew pronunciation, but I'll go with Esther. That's yes. fine. Esther? Uh, I think it's like uh, much more unusual. Yeah. Esty? This? It's, it, it's Esther, for sure. I think it... Okay. I feel, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> this is also called the Megillah, as I'm sure Marcus was aware. Sounds about right. <clears throat> and this story is, um, it's one of only two books of the Bible that doesn't mention God, which is interesting. The story takes place in the first Persian Empire, roughly 500 years BC. Uh, what year would that be? Wait, I'm still on trying to figure out how to pronounce it. You said five, <laughs> 500 BC. 500 BC. So, can I just right. say, can I just play this? Pronounced as Esther. It's just Esther. Esther. It's just Esther. Yeah. God, it feels so good. All right. Okay. It feels um, so good. To, I think know, it's because it's so a TH and Esther, so it's not pronounced Esther, it's Esther. So yes, it is a pronunciation that's different than phonetical, but it's just Esther. Just Esther. I'm just really in tune. <laughs> you have done really good with your pronunciations today, way better than either of us. Good job, Marcus. Shalom. Wait till we get to the king's name. I'm excited oh, for that. Okay. Um, so the first Persian Empire, it's like very successful. Um, so it's like what you said, like 3,000 years ago? It's 500 BC. So yeah, 3,000 years ago, which makes it what year on the Hebrew calendar? Like channel? only like 2,700 or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's like early days. Mm. Wow. When you put it in that context. <laughs> I mean, when you have this BC... AC, whatever, I don't know, it's whatever all it is. complicated, yeah. Well, because it doesn't seem like something was so long ago, because you're like, oh, 1000 BC. Meh, that's not that long. We're in like 2000s, right? But when you calculate it, yeah, but when like you 20... go from 5000 to 2000, that definitely seems like a big jump. You're right. Mm -hmm. What is that, like 20 or 30 generations ago? Something like that? Look, we're not counting, we're not 23 and me here. Okay. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Um, so the first Persian Empire was apparently like uh, pretty, pretty successful and pretty well organized. They had like a postal service. Huh. They had good roads. It was like a very multicultural um, kingdom or whatever. Like lots of different people. I mean, it was huge. It was expansive. Now, was yeah. this technically the Byzantine Empire too? Is it Persian Byzantine? Is it the same thing or no? I oh, think Byzantine is Byzantine? up more near like Russia, whereas the Persian Empire I thought was further south, okay, like so through the totally Middle separate. East, very okay. much in the Middle East. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. these are maybe they they might have been at the same time. I have no idea, but I don't think they were same geographically. Again, I'm just I don't know though. Trying to remember from Civilization Six, so. <laughs> um, the Persian Empire lasted until about 300 BC when it was conquered by Alexander the Great. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. So the story of Esther, um, there was a Persian king named, it sounds like a dinosaur name, Ahasuerus. <laughs> Feels good. Um, also, and Ahasuerus, huh? Also known as 
Xerxes? That's a name I've seen oh, before. Oh, yeah, I've heard That's, of that. X-E-R-X-E-S. Yeah. I thought it was Xerxes. Xerxes? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to call him the king. Nice. So, um... Or maybe not so. I don't know. Was Xer- it feels ominous. Was, that, was Xerxes... Wasn't he, like, Roman or Greek or something? This was pre... Oh. Pre-Roman so, Empire. So Xerxes was Persian, right? Yes, Persian. Okay. Persian. Okay. Yeah. So for some reason, they were having like a huge celebration. Maybe it was his like coronation or something. It was a huge celebration. It went on for six months and he traveled to all of his 127 provinces and hosted a huge feast in each province. And everyone was invited. Like noble people were there, but also just like regular peasant type people were there. Everybody was welcome. Big celebration. Big party. That's the way you win over the peasants. You invite them to your fancy parties. Yes. (laughs) So on the last, like at the last stop, the last province, it's like the end of this big six-month celebration, and it's a seven-day-long festival. Ooh. And um, it kind of gets to the end, and there's like a lot of drinking. Everybody's drunk. The king is like wasted, and he's kind of egged on by some of his buddies. And he tells the queen Vashti to display her beauty for everyone there, naked, wearing nothing but her crown. Ooh, I knew it. Nice. And she's like, I don't think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Which I mean, like. Everyone was really drunk. This was going to go poorly. She like she made the right choice there. Somebody they weren't going to be, be like, yeah, they weren't going to be like, yeah, you look great, and then go on with their day. It was going to turn ugly, right? You have to assume. Smart. So uh, the king got mad when she refused and had her removed from her post. Whatever that means, I'm not clear on exactly mm. what happened to her. Well, remo- did he appoint queens? well it sort of worked that way i mean (laughs) yeah maybe yeah he must have removed her from the castle moved removed her to someplace else removed her head i don't know exactly how it went down okay but she was suddenly out of the picture for Mm. being so uncooperative and he ordered all of the young women to be presented to him so he could choose his new queen naked i don't i'm not clear on that i think it was just sort of a like, bring all the pretty girls and I'll pick the prettiest, I think, was the idea. To Ooh. appoint to wife. Yes. Yes. Queen. Queen. And wife. Yes. Okay. So this is where Esther shows up. Esther is um, very young. She's an orphan. She's being um, cared for by her cousin Mordecai. Um, he's raising her. He's her cousin or her uncle. And Jewish law at the time said it was okay for uncles to marry their nieces. So there's, like, some confusion in the translation. Like, is he a father figure? Is he her husband? He's definitely, like, her closest living relative also. Okay. So uncle, cousin. Uncle, cousin. Right. Parent. Maybe husband. Maybe husband. It's unclear. But he was, like, responsible for her. Sure. And she was very pretty. And the king chose her as Mm. his new wife. Mm. And she was Jewish. Oh. It was a small Jewish population in the Persian Empire. And it was okay to be Jewish, but not necessarily awesome. Like, there was, like, maybe some effort to convert the Jews, but... They weren't being, like, persecuted in a really terrible way, necessarily. Well, to what? There were several religions in the Persian Empire. It was an inclusive kind of place. Um, like, wait, what year did you say it was? was um, it was about 500 BC. And the mm. main religion was the one that starts with a Z. 
Zuriestro is yes. in. Or yes. Zuriestro is Damn, Jenny, just fucking rattled that off. <laughs> Impressive. I'm like racking my brain, like, what religions were going <laughs> on at that time? And I think the Romans were happening at 500 BC. Okay. But I think they were over, like, in the other, not over overlap. in the Persian. Not in the Persian Empire. They were, like, off somewhere else. Hadn't made it yet. Yeah. Well, the Romans are who conquered the Persian. Yeah. 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 So she's Jewish, and it's okay for her to just be, like, a Jewish person wandering around, but the king's going to marry her, and Mordecai is like, he's maybe not going to like it that you're Jewish. Oh. So let's just, like, not say anything. And, you know, we'll just pretend we're pre- we'll pretend we're not. So um, they get married and everything's going fine. Mordecai is like hanging out around the palace and he overhears these two guards talking about this plot to kill the king. Mm. And he reports them Mm. and they end up being executed. And the king eventually hears about this and is like very pleased, obviously, with Mordecai for potentially saving his life. The other important character in the story is Haman. Haman is a viceroy. So he was appointed by the king. He's not born into nobility. It's an appointed position. Mm. And it's vice, It's like vice king is mm. how that translates. Mm-hmm. Like he's in charge of a lot. Like a regional governor. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. he is doing a lot. Like he's making a lot of decisions without clearing them with the king. He's mm. kind of like uh, a little power trippy. Mm-hmm. And he really hates Mordecai. He, he wants everyone to bow to him uh-huh. the same way they bow to the king. And Mordecai is like, fuck you. I'm not bowing to you. And it makes him really angry at Mordecai. And he's trying to figure out how to, like, get this guy. And he somehow finds out that Mordecai is Jewish. Mm. And he decides that he's just going to kill all the Jewish people. What? And that'll get rid of Mordecai. Man, who appointed this guy? I mean, he seems like kind of a jerk. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's too much. So he makes this decree. That um, all the Jews in Persia are to be killed. And he just like, um, he like randomly chooses a date. He like throws stones and they land on the calendar. And they land on the 14th day of Adar. So March 6th this year. Yes. Okay. If this doesn't entirely make sense, uh, it's really unusual because everything else in the Bible makes so much sense. So... You know, I do want to commend Jewish people, though, because it's like Jewish people are like, you can't keep us down. Like, we're going to continue on and we're going to be successful and we're just going to keep on keeping on. I mean, look at how many religions have died out. Zoroastrianism isn't around anymore. That's right. Fuck you, Haman. Yeah. Yeah. See? Right. Uh, Jewish people, you know, they're survivors. Yeah. 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 There you go. Can't keep a good, good man down. Okay, so Haman chooses the state, makes this decree, all the Jewish people are going to die. Mordecai is like, ooh. Mordecai fuck. is mortified. Mordecai is mortified. So he goes to Esther and he's like, You're the queen. You have some power here. You need to go talk to the king and you need to put a stop to this. Because the king doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah, right. He trusts his viceroys to run the yes. thing, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you figure it's, like, the president and then, like, I don't know, cabinet members or whatever. Yeah. Like, right. the cabinet members are probably doing shit. I don't know. Maybe they're informing the president. I don't know. Only about the important stuff. And apparently yeah. this wasn't that yeah. worth mentioning. Right. <laughs> but Esther is like, well, the law says that 
no one can ask for an audience with the king. Hmm. You get an audience with the king when he requests an audience with you. Hmm. If you just show up and start talking to the king without being invited, that is punishable by death. Like, that probably came about because people are probably obnoxious as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I can say from getting a little bit famous, I've gotten some random friend requests. On Facebook, like from people I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and th- I mean, it's definitely very similar to this king. Yeah. I should say, if you send me a friend request, <laughs> that's it. Off with your head. <laughs> I'm much more, just send them to me. I'm much more inclusive. <laughs> you just want random strangers on you your Facebook group? You have to be friends group? with somebody I, I know. I've gotten really random ones, like people I don't even know. No, I say no to you. Well, I do, but, like, it's, you know, I guess he didn't have a buffer like Facebook, though. (laughs) You can really relate to the king. Yeah. Okay, so Esther's like, I'm not really, I don't really have the power to just go, like, talk to him. Like, I could get my head chopped off. And Mordecai is like, well, maybe this is why you were made queen. Maybe it's because it was going to be your fate to, like, do something to save your people. So maybe think about that. So he just basically suggested she's a should be a martyr for her people. Is I mean, that what he's if that's suggesting? what it takes, yeah. He's like God selected you to have your head chopped off. He doesn't say that because God isn't mentioned. Mm, okay, this is your fate. Yes, not given to you by God, just your fate. Yes. So here's here's between rock and hard place, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you say nothing, all the Jewish people die anyways. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's yep. like okay, well. But she wouldn't die because he doesn't know she's Jewish. So it's like she's choosing. She has to choose either herself or her people, and one of them's got to go. Yeah. So, but this is all again sort of theoretical, right? So, um, but continue. You actually, Jenny just hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Not theoretically. I think this happened. Yeah. It's historical. Well, well, there's some ish. argument about how like true at all of yeah. course all of these stories are, are allegory right yes. like they're all yes. meant to teach us a lesson yes right? well and i think so. that they're probably based in history in history sure. but we don't know because how right. like how many years it's been passed down. i mean i think right. there's evidence this king existed i think there's less evidence that esther existed yeah okay okay right because what's the point of writing down a woman's name anyway <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. I like, Wait, I like I, your chutzpah. I do. <laughs> I do want to say though, like oral tradition is a way of recording history. That's true. You know, so like this has clearly been a story that's been passed down over generations, and so it could definitely have some truth, even if it wasn't a written record sure. back then. Right. Yeah. Not that you'll catch me arguing that things in the Bible are accurate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Um. So. Esther doesn't know what to do. She's, like, torn. And she tells Mordecai that she's going to spend three days fasting and praying, and then maybe she'll talk to the king. And she asks for him to ask all the other Jews to also spend three days fasting and praying to, like, try to help, because that's helpful. I don't know, vibes. Look, if we know anything from Facebook, like, Uh, thoughts and prayers, like, they they help. (laughs) 
They help. You're about to be murdered, so also just like don't enjoy food for three days either. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll enjoy it way more after three days. Because, I mean, there's a countdown now, right? There's a countdown, and it's like fast approaching. Yeah. Um, and actually, like, um, Haman has built a, like a thing to hang Mordecai from. He's so excited to fucking kill Mordecai. <laughs> it's like genuinely he, like, excited. Cannot wait. Right. Can't wait. Special hang, a special Mordecai hanger. <laughs> Man, what the fuck? Yeah. All right. He's really got it in for him. So yeah. um, Esther spends these three days in prayer and decides she does have an obligation to go and talk to the king. Wait, does she never talk to the king? Like when he comes to her bedroom at night? like When he comes she- to her, she can talk to him. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he's not like, you I know. I guess it was a dry week or whatever. <laughs> mm, and so I'm like... You know, he didn't see her at all. He wasn't looking for anything. Like, my imagination, I'm imagining that these kings are so power hungry that they're, you know, seeking their wives out in that way mm. quite often. Well, Isn't that the best time to ask a man for anything anyways? <laughs> <laughs> it works in this household. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> Just, you know... I feel like I'm learning <laughs> about the rich history of, of Jewish people and then and female this manipulation comes in <laughs> <laughs> and ruins it. Uh, um, whatever is going on with their sex life, I don't know if she's silent during it or if she just doesn't feel like it's appropriate to talk business in the bedroom or what. <laughs> but she ends up inviting both the king and Haman to a dinner, like a meal. And she sits down with both of them and says, you know, I'm Jewish. And if this decree goes forward, I will also be murdered. And the king's like, what decree? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, mm, oh, shit. And um, and then he's, like, mad about Mordecai also. Like, it, like, comes out that this is all really about Mordecai. And he's like, but Mordecai saved my life. He, like, stopped this plot to kill me. He gets really furious with Haman. Oh, shit. And he ends up hanging Haman from the gallows that Haman built for Mordecai. Oh, shit. It all comes around. So it's too late to, like, cancel the decree to kill all the Jews. What? He's the fucking king. He I can know. do whatever he wants. It's, I don't know. It's too late. It's too late. So he makes a new decree saying that if you're Jewish, you have a right to defend yourself to the death. What? So the next day or whatever, very shortly thereafter, um, the 14th day of Adar comes along, and the Jews end up killing... All 10 of Haman's sons. Oh. That's important. Wow. And also 75,000 Persians who have come after them. How many Jews were there? I don't know. This definitely, you know how like after dinner and you're recounting a story and everybody's a little bit tipsy and how like the story kind of grows and grows (laughs) and grows and gets a little more outrageous for the sake of good storytelling? Yeah, that's where we're at right now. I think that's where we're at right (laughs) now. Like the 10 sons I can, but 75,000 Persians? Man, it started and out you know, as like a fist fight. Yeah. Um, you know who referenced this 75,000 number in several speeches? Hmm. Adolf Hitler. I was about to say, Whoa. yeah. 
He's Adolf like, Hitler. if we don't kill them, they'll kill us. Look what they did in Persia. That was part of his argument. Holy shit. Which is bizarre. Huh. So weird. Well, look, he was grasping for straws. He was, yes. Um, Mordecai ends up being appointed the new viceroy. Everybody lives happily ever after. Mordecai is the new viceroy. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. See hey, how it all works out? That's cool. Ties up very nicely. There it is. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I love right. it. That's a great story. So, yeah. So, this becomes the holiday of Purim, this day when the Jews were supposed to be executed, but were, like, saved at the last minute. This is the holiday of Purim. And the lessons we're supposed to learn from this story, it's about bravery and heroism and being proud of your identity and, like, when the shit goes down, are you going to save yourself or are you going to do what's right mm-hmm. for your people? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, that's the lesson to take from it. It's a really nice lesson. And the, um, you know, the idea is that she was queen. She was made queen because of her physical beauty. But, like, she became queen because of, like, her inner beauty because she was, like, so brave and so strong and... Very smart. Mm-hmm. Very clever. That's what three days of thoughts and prayers get you. Oh. <laughs> there you go. We just need to be thinking and praying and fasting a little more, and everything will be That's fine. That's a lesson here, too, right? Just give yourself some time, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, do we believe in God? God will show you the way. Is that it? Yeah. 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 Is that the... Do you I believe mean... in God, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, Jews believe okay. in God. But this, but Somebody. I feel like yes. I feel like this is a story though where God's not necessary. No, God's this not always Jewish necessary. People. This is just the Jewish. Oh, that's people. right. This was like this was Sans God yeah. book. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. This I mean, just... she did pray, and she was clearly praying to God. But yes, right. He's not mentioned. Right, but it like God like... didn't come in with a lightning bolt and right. fix everything. And right. like, they yes, did it Esther. themselves. Yes. Here's the tablet that says, "Here's the game plan, <laughs> yes, Esther." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the lesson they try to teach kids about this is like all of us have like a superhero inside us. Just like waiting to for an opportunity to like a little Ubermensch. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> um, so celebrations. It's not Purim is not like a big religious holiday. There are like some holidays that are super important, and they have special prayers and special rules, and like you're not allowed to work on that day and stuff like that. This is not like that. It's like a very minor holiday. It's like eh, kind of whatever. People do go to temple. Um, you have four obligations on Purim, because that's how Jewish holidays are. You have obligations. (laughs) You can't just celebrate. You're obligated to do something. Right. To earn the celebration. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, the first is there has to be a public reading of the Book of Esther by a man. Natch. But that is actually, like, really fun. That's usually done at the temple. Um, but they have noisemakers. Um, Haman's name is mentioned 54 times in the story, the official story. And um, whenever his name is mentioned, people like shake their noisemakers and yell so that his name can't be heard ah, as like a that's smart. That's punishment. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you are required to give gifts to friends and family that are baskets of food. Oh. Okay. Um, you're so you brought us a basket of food today. So I did. Aww, Isn't so that nice of me? And then um, you're required to give food or money to the poor. And you're supposed to give food or money to at least two poor people, and it's supposed to be enough for a meal. Hmm. Hmm. So it's like a it's like a breaking bread sort of holiday. Yeah. 
And, the, and then that's the last thing. You have to have a festive meal. Mm-hmm. And it has to include a lot of drinking, Marcus. Listen to this. <laughs> you're, suppo- you're required to drink until you can no longer distinguish between the phrases, cursed is Haman and blessed is Mordecai. Like you literally have to get so drunk that you can't tell the difference between good and evil. Damn. So you got to get pretty shit-faced and belligerent. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the lesson here, right? Like, you got to be able to to be the, you know, you got to be able to be bad in order to fight the Persians. <laughs> maybe. Or I maybe mean... you just got to be drunk to fight the Persians. <laughs> totally wasted. Yeah. The rabbis really argue over this rule. Like, do we really have to get this drunk? Like, some of them are like, yes, we really have to get this drunk. It's important. <laughs> like, if I drink until I pass out and I'm asleep, then I can't tell the difference between good and evil. Is mm-hmm. that good enough? Like, there's like, that's leg- these are legitimate arguments. Yeah. I feel like that counts. I feel like challenge accepted. I will drink until I can't tell the difference. <laughs> All right. I will do it. Um, around the end of the 15th century, Italian Jews started wearing masks to the Purim celebrations, probably because it just sort of coincided with Carnival. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about how there is a correlation here with Carnival and Mardi Gras and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's all happening around the same time. And then also the Jew, the like, I don't know, whatever that is, Ash Forum. Wednesday or whatever begins Lent. Like all of this oh, is Lent's happening. Oh, like not the funny one. Or the I know, fun one. I know. But they, it's a lot of fun leading up to it, oh, I think. Okay. That's why, because right. you're giving shit up for Lent. I see. So all yeah. of this is happening around the same time. Yeah, yeah. So um, the Italian Jews started like wearing masks to, to like participate in that kind of fun. And so that gradually became everybody dressing in costumes for Purim. It's like hmm. huh. like Halloween style. Like kids dress up as like fucking cowboys and shit. It doesn't have to have anything to do with the story. Okay. It's just like fun. Only yeah. in Italy or everywhere now? Everywhere now. Fun. Everywhere oh. now. Yeah. But they don't go trick-or-treating. They probably just go to temple dressed up. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's like a very raucous reading of the story and everyone has a really fun time. And then that they sounds... wear their costumes to the oh. feast and Super everything. Super fun. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing fun like that, I think, as far as I know from the couple of years that my family made me go to church. <laughs> my parents decided to like go to church when I was 11. Mm. And I stayed stuck around long enough to get confirmed because I thought I would like cash in because mm-hmm. I saw all the people, my friends cashing in for their first Holy Communion when we were seven. Yeah. And that really stuck with me. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And so I thought if I stuck around till I was 15, I could cash in. And then I didn't. I got like nothing. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I, I'm out. <laughs> you got nothing? I got like basic. Somebody gave me like a prayer book. <laughs> oh, God. That's so like an insult. What's I know. Your confirmed and maybe like name? a savings bond. Oh, God. What's Anyways. your confirmed name? I No, I don't get You don't get a confirmed name. I and the Episcopal Church. Oh. I don't know about the Catholic Church. Oh. But that was the end of my religious. Mm. And there was literally no fun church. I don't remember any fun church, raucous, like, fun things. Maybe it's time to convert. Yeah. To Judaism? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. (laughs) I mean, like, I still had, I just. You literally have to learn Hebrew. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. There are Christian, like, alternatives. There's, like, the Methodist. Apparently, that's the fun one for the young kids. Mm. It has all the youth camps. And then. Oh, um, that's true. And then what about the ones that have rock bands? Every Sunday's a party. That's the the one I was thinking of. Like, Uh the. Uh, evangelical 
um, you know, those are those those big, huge like party churches. <sighs> I don't know if the evangelicals are actually fun. I mean, <laughs> how much fun is rock music if no one's passing around a joint? That's fair too, right? I feel like that's, you know, a missed opportunity. <laughs> we should send letters to the world religious leaders how to improve their religions. <laughs> you know, guys, the Pope. You know what? Like, that shit's dying out. Like, 80% of people nowadays identify as atheist or agnostic. 80%? Some crazy large number. I wish that were true. Oh, my God. I think yeah. so, because you figure, do you know any religious people? No, but I intentionally avoid religious people. There needs to be a second, like, coming of something. <laughs> maybe it's you, Marcus. <laughs> okay, maybe it's, like, maybe it's not atheist or agnostic, but it identifies not religious. Okay. Like, okay. prescribing to no religion at all. Like, I believe in God. Unaffiliated. Free yes. agent. Yes. Religious yes. free agent. I believe that. You just haven't come home yet, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start a church? Yes. I've been talking about... Pastafarians. Okay, maybe... Okay, my numbers are pretty wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 40% unaffiliated. Well, it says... There's like oh, 2 wait, but billion that's Muslims. positive atheism. 3 in 10 U.S. adults are now religiously unaffiliated. Okay, so maybe 87... That's 30%. That's 30%. You know, okay, maybe, okay, I had my numbers flipped over around. It's going to vary a lot regionally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in this region, that number of unaffiliated is going to be way higher than in more southern regions. That's true. That's true. So where we are right now, it's 80%. No way. I seriously doubt that. There's too many churches. Yeah, it's probably not 80%. Yeah, but you can't fit that many people in a church lot, like 200. That's like a tiny percentage. I don't think we should keep having this conversation. (laughs) I think it's 80%. But that's the highest number it's ever been. 30% of people have no religious affiliation. It's encouraging. And also, like I just saw blip on Wikipedia. Like all of China is religiously unaffiliated. Mm. All of China? All of communism. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, but there's like some backlash to that too. Like some of those persecuted religious groups mm-hmm. are like angry. Yeah. 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 You gotta just let people do their thing. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't actually care as long as you don't come like bothering me or anybody else. Do what you want. Yeah. You know the nice thing about the Jews is they're not trying to bring anybody else in really. Mm-hmm. Like just let us do our thing. We don't want you. But mm-hmm. the Christians, they're the ones who are. They're a little uh, extra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But not all Christians. I think there's a lot of Christians who mind oh. their own business, too. Hashtag not all Christians. Right. <laughs> it's just like the whole, like, yeah, the evangelical side. Because, like, you know, you're not a good evangelical unless you evangelize. Right. And that, you know, so it's like, it's like an MLM strategy for getting into heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good. And so funny because so many of the evangelicals are MLMs. Like, people, like, involved in MLMs. You know, there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Maybe that's why it works. Huh. They're you just want... prone to this kind of salesmanship. <laughs> like, the more people you convert, the, like, higher up you'll be when you get to... Well... When you get to heaven. We just, the we more just lost Lulu... 50% of, like, the possible listeners, guys. Sorry. More Lululemon <laughs> leggings you'll have... No, what is it? Lularoe <laughs> leggings you'll have when you get to heaven. <laughs> you converted 20 people. Good job. Oh my God. I don't know. Here's some doTERRA. 
<laughs> Good job. God's passing that stuff out. <sighs> Young living. Yeah. Young living. Uh, um, that's really all I have about the celebration of Purim. In some places, they burn Haman in effigy, which, you know, I love a good effigy. <laughs> I love oh, a good effigy. It's a culturally you know I love appropriate is thing, is it? People who don't agree with your effigy burning. <laughs> Fuck those people. <laughs> Steph said it right here, right now. I'm burning them in effigy next Hot year. Hot take, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's like these triangle shaped cookies that I'm not going to try to pronounce that are like the traditional dessert of Purim. I didn't even write it down. I was like, fuck it. I'm oh. not even going to try. Okay. Didn't even write it down. They're shaped like triangles and they're filled with something. And it could be something really good. Like I guess the poppy seed ones are really good and the chocolate ones are really good. Okay. But then the jelly filled ones are less appealing oh. is it like a trying triangular um um punchki no it's more like uh what are those cookies that are sort of folded over the with clotchkes? Clotchkes? yes okay they're like that but they're triangular oh. that's what i thought of first oh you know what actually so it probably starts out as like a circle and then they put the filling in and then they fold up those three sides mm-hmm. to make a triangle mm-hmm. okay mm. um yes i actually uh late last night found this recipe and was like man i wish i had sent this to jenny four days ago we, we could have had it i really procrastinated this episode you know jenny would have made it too like, you I know i wouldn't have been it. able to stop myself um so that's that's the holiday of purim let's talk about the jewish coffee that inspired us to celebrate this holiday this year um, Hebrew coffee. Here's a problem. There's a bun. What are you? Why are I'm you laughing at the me? name Hebrew? <laughs> Marcus loves the pun. It's so funny. It's a great pun. Yeah, that's good. There is a. Speaking of um, Christians being all over the place, um, trying to convert you more than the Jews. There's a Hebrews coffee with an S that is a Christian franchise coffee company. Okay. What? And they have coffee shops all over the place. You can like buy a franchise Hebrews coffee shop and it is extremely, extremely Christ based. Wow. So it's probably not spelled Hebrews. Like it's probably not a pun because remember, no sense of humor. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, again, so it's but just he brews uh-huh. like Jesus brews. Like yeah. the book. Yeah. No, it's the book. There's a book called Hebrews uh, in the Christian Bible. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you might be right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there's like all over Google that when you pull up Hebrew coffee, all you get is all mm-hmm. this Hebrews Christian shit. Crazy. So this was actually a little bit difficult to – it's a very tiny company. It was difficult to research. Um, only sold on Amazon. Only sold on Amazon. 26 reviews on Amazon. It's got a five-star rating. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's pre-ground, so. Um, the owners are two guys named Richard Lambert and Art Freed. Okay. Uh, Richard Lambert and Art Freed. Um, Richard lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is where this coffee is from. And if you Google the coffee, you get the address of, like, his house. His <laughs> yeah, yeah. Home. I remember doing that. That's so funny. 
Um, and then it's it says really small on the bag that it's distributed by a company called 13 Flags Incorporated. Ooh. This is also something difficult to Google because 13 Flags is like a common phrase. It's got some sort of military association, oh, okay. um, which is weird. I don't know that that's – I don't know where they got the name 13 Flags, but when you look up that company, it also just goes right back to Richard's house. Ah, I love an inception. <laughs> like, in, like I love that. It, like, I love it so much. It's like it all it's just comes full circle. It like four times it comes full circle. It's great. <laughs> it's like – um. It's not so much a coffee company as it is like a social media company. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, they're really – these two guys, Art and Richard, have been friends since they were like out of high school. They were on the same kibbutz. They graduated from high school and spent a year on a kibbutz in Israel, and that's where they met. Is that like a like a, like a pilgrimage? It's like a um, – a kibbutz is like a cooperative living environment. Mm. Kibbutzes are – popular in israel like a lot of people have this like communal living environment like a hostel in a way but it's um but you're like there for a year and you're farming oh and shit like that it's like a yeah it's like if you went to live on a commune in the u.s and you were like growing peanuts or whatever like that's but it's official. It's like an official thing that people go and do. Um, I, it's, it's not, not like a requirement, like a pilgrimage. But like, if I were to want to go live on a commune, I think I would have kind of a hard time having a finding one. And if I did find one, it would probably be a little weird. <laughs> that's what i'm imagining like you show up and it's kind of like people doing drugs and like growing shit and like living in a commune it's not something that you just kind of go do for a year as a part of your religious experience right visiting your motherland like in the united states it's kind of a strange thing to do yeah but this sounds like a not strange thing to do it's just something that kids do for a gap year almost. yes exactly exactly it's a way to like spend time in israel and like you know really like absorb the a more jewish culture than you're going to get in the u.s mm-hmm. right so is yeah there, is there education happening or like is they go to they go work on a farm and then go to like religious school and like <sighs> studied the Torah or some shit? I don't know how religious it is. I mean, I'm sure there's some religious component because everyone's Jewish, but I don't know that it's like designed for instruction. I'm envisioning like a monastery. Yeah, I think you should more envision like a druggy commune in Missouri. (laughs) I'm imagining summer camp. Like a okay. year-long summer yeah. camp. Yeah, for, like uh, a working summer camp. Yeah, yes. for new adults. Yes. Or yes. like when the kids at the Waldorf school go on the farm trip. It's just that for a year. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, cool. Yeah. So um, Art and Richard tell a story about how they became friends on this, like, they went for a hike. They were at the kibbutz, and there was, like, an organized hike. The kibbutz, like, hired someone to, like, lead them on a hike, and they almost died, and it, like solidified their friendship because the guy leading the hike was a total idiot and had no idea where he was going and like (laughs) led them down the face of a cliff and whatever wow all right um gotta watch out at that summer camp (laughs) so what do they say about their coffee company they started the coffee company in 2018 they're both in their 50s oh so this kibbutz thing happened 30 some years ago and they've maintained a friendship still besties that's Um, cute i think richard lives in raleigh north carolina i think that um 
Art lives outside of Los Angeles. Mm. So they don't live near each other, which is weird because they post videos together all the time. So I don't know how they're hanging out so much when they live on opposite ends of the country. What if they're retired and they just go visit each other? I think that's possible. Um, They describe the coffee company as, this is a quote, a way to share our Jewish culture and humor with other Jews through social media. And coffee. Hmm. It really is like a Jewish cultural kind of fun thing that also just like, oh, also we have this coffee. Hmm. <laughs> like, it's not coffee focused. You know, it's like, um, it's a little bit like when people want to do use coffee as the vehicle for some sort of charity, but it seems like they're not chari- charitying. They are comedying yes, or something. They're com- they're, yes, they're sort of comedying and also like, um, I think I think a lot of Jewish people are culturally Jewish and not religious. Mm-hmm. Like um, you've got your Orthodox Jews and you've got your Reformed Jews. And I think the Reformed Jews just keep getting like more and more Reformed. Like let's just eat bacon and not worry about any of mm-hmm. this. And so I think there's maybe a push to make sure that young people just like know their culture know how to speak some of the language, that mm. kind of stuff. So I think it's sort of a push towards that, but done in a very um, just like humorous and like chill kind of way. Mm, I see. Yeah. So they almost feel like like Methodist Jews. <laughs> I think still more fun. <laughs> this, I mean, these guys are really funny and their their social media is really great and i think that's really i think it's just like a fun project for them richard i think is retired he was working at a company called natrix which does adaptive infrastructure they build exoforms here's another thing i became like a tiny bit of an expert in so can i guess is this like when uh somebody becomes a paraplegic and they have like an exoskeleton to move them around no (laughs) this is actually for were you gonna guess is it an alien that bursts through your chest it's It's a xeno form for my sci-fi nerds oh Mm. they're basically fake rocks that prevent erosion exoforms yes Fake rocks, like concrete rocks. I don't know what they're made out of. They're supposed to be super sustainable, and they're supposed to host wildlife very well, like Mm. coral grows Mm. on them and shit like that. They're, like, porous in a way, but they're, like, cheaper than actual rock, like, as far as, like, hauling rock in to try to prevent erosion from hurricane damage and shit like that, you know? It's, like, these things are more lightweight, and it's easy to set them up. They did this on Mackinac Island. Oh. they. Well, I don't know if they used this, but... There was erosion one year, and it knocked out half of the loop that goes around at the shore level. Mm. And so then they, to prevent further soil erosion, they just put up a bunch of rocks, huge rocks, mm-hmm. all around. So these are like big fake rocks that are cheaper, easier to move, whatever. Yeah. Cool. So that's what Richard was doing. I He was um, kind of a big shot there, and I'm not sure that he does that anymore. He might be retired. And then... Art, I found a guy with the same name who's like uh, edits reality TV shows. Huh. So I think that is probably him. If he's in California, sure. Yeah. yeah. LA? He, um, he, he did a bunch of Poison music videos. <laughs> <laughs> like a 
apparently Brett Michaels approached him somewhere to wow. edit some poison videos. So that's where he um, got his big break. That's so funny. Um, so here's what they do on their social media. They talk about the coffee very little. They share um, all this Yid- all these like Yiddish jokes. So Hebrew is like the official Middle Eastern language that the Bible was written in. Yiddish is like a mashup. It's like a German dialect mm. that brings in a lot of Hebrew. And it also brings in like um, Aramaic, some Slavic languages, some of the Romantic languages too. So you'll hear Yiddish words and they'll kind of sound a little bit English sometimes, mm-hmm. some of them. And that's why it's just like a weird mashup of everything. It's like a some sort of funny like Jewish inside joke language. Okay. So that's this fun. is weird because my grandpa knew Yiddish and Yiddish words. So on your mom's side? On my mom's side. Yeah. Is he the one that was Polish, though? Yeah. There would have been, I mean, like, if there was a large Jewish, I mean, there was a large Jewish population in Poland. So you're, I mean, the same way that you might use, like, Mexican slang, because we live near a lot of Mexican people, and we've heard some of these words. Sure. I you mean, know? that's possible. Yeah, like, call yourself a gringo or something like that. I get it. I get it. But I'm just, I, I'm, I, it does sort of bring, call to question, like, why? Yeah. Like, why would he know? You know, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying is that he, this happened, and I just, I don't know, maybe it, why why would he know? That's all. You know, I'm not saying that he was particularly, but perhaps the culture or whatever. I like so. that you're so excited about being maybe Jewish. I know. I like oh, God. it. I like yeah, it. It's great. You know, I'm really feeling it. <laughs> I can see that. Yes. Wait till we get some matzo ball soup in ya. Mm. It's like chicken soup. Um... I am going to teach you guys some really fun words, phrases, and curses in Yiddish. Yay! While we're waiting for this to brew up. Okay, so shall we brew some coffee? Let's do it. All right. right. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality single origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers based on cupping score, price, Flavor notes and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip chewio! And we're back and we're brewing some. We are brewing. He brew coffee. We and should start a uh, company called She Brew. Oh, hmm. To counteract. Maybe I will. Maybe mm. I'll start stealing coffee from Modest and selling it on the side in my yeah. own packaging. You'll be your own you'll sign up a wholesale account with us. <laughs> the sacrilegious. The, the 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 blasphemy of it all. <laughs> Are you suggesting that Judaism isn't is some sort of evil satanic religion? No, the she part of it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, that's a smell. Olfactory reveal. Mm. This is the kibbutz blend. No idea what's in it. No clue. Yeah. It's so cute that they met on a kibbutz. Yeah. Uh, uh, is this what a kibbutz? No, but kibbutz is different than kibbutz, right? Oh, boy. I better look that up. Oh, shit. So kibbutz is different than kibbutz? Two yeah, different words, there's different a, spellings? Well, let's just... I'm just going to look into this right now. Live clarification. That's right. Kibbutz versus kibbutz. Versus kibbles and bits. 
Stuff is deep in researching. I that was a good joke. I'm I liked it. sorry I missed your. I said versus kibbles and bits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So to kibitz means to stand around talking and making wisecracks. It oh, can, well, I was wrong. It can also mean to give someone advice and commentary when they're trying to work. <laughs> I was very wrong. is a person who likes to kibitz. Oh, that's funny. So kibbutz is like the co-op. So yes, we thought it was the house blend because we saw it online and saw kibbutz, but it actually is kibbutz. So totally like different. Bullshitting, basically. Yes. At work. Yes. That's great. So it doesn't smell like bullshit to me. It smells <laughs> kind of chocolatey. Um, it smells pretty good, especially while the aroma yeah. that's wafting while it's brewing. Central yeah. South American coffee. For sure. Yeah. So Guatemalan, Mexican, you know, Brazilian possibly. It looks like a pretty solid medium roast too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It could right. be okay. Yeah. Be, I mean, it smells pretty good. Um, okay. So the official law, the official Jewish law is your mom has to be Jewish. If you're going to get married in Israel by like one of the rabbis, you need to prove four generations of maternal Jewish heritage. Oh, I see. Wow. Can't do that. I guess, like, what about people who have lost records? Especially thinking about, like, World War II. So many records were probably destroyed that belonged to people. Yeah, I don't know how they managed that. There's got to be, like, some sort of exception. Yeah. Or what about the ones that, yeah, were just, like, being persecuted and are like, uh, we're just not Jewish. And Right. 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 Yeah. We're now Catholic. Or whatever. You know? I guess you have to not be married by the official Israeli rabbi. Do you think there was a lot of like hidden conversions? I'm sure. Back in World War II? Yeah. Mm. Maybe not even World War II, like before that, mm. right? So maybe seven or eight generations it seems, ago. It seems like Jewish people are pretty proud of their heritage, despite its challenges. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, there's also like the Middle Eastern <laughs> Jewish, and then there's also like the Russian, you know, branch. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the difference between Ashkenazi and Sephardic. Mm. Ashkenazi Jews are from Eastern Europe, Germany, and France. Most of the Jews in the U.S. are Ashkenazi because that's who was coming here. Uh, Sephardic Jews are from Spain, Portugal, Africa, and the Middle East. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found it really interesting that there were – that in – Africa, the African continent, that there were a lot of Jewish people there. Yeah. Huh. I think it's mostly North Africa. And I mean, you know, the Middle East is right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, the Israeli law of return means that, like, if you're Jewish, you're welcome here. You have to be Jewish on your mom's side for that. Mm. Or a convert. Mm-hmm. Um, in the U.S., there is a little more disagreement and a little more acceptance. In the U.S., if your dad is Jewish and you've always been practicing Jewish religious traditions, then you're good. You're Jewish. They don't ask you to convert. You're, you've already been raised in it. But if you want to go to Israel you, and be considered Jewish, you still have to convert. Yeah, it's like mm. where it's like most strict, right? In yeah. Israel. Yeah. 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 That's like the the like the what is it? Um Orthodox. Ground Zero for yeah. Judaism. Right. Like you gotta be like real Jewish. There's um some real infighting between the Orthodox and Reformed 
Jews. They don't like each other that much. <laughs> I mean, I can see why, probably. Yeah. I mean, you see that in most religions, the the conservative versus the liberal factions of yeah. these different religions. They don't ever get along. So coffee's done brewing. Yeah, let's pour some so it can cool a little bit. Pour My mug is dirty. Let me go rinse it. Or pour... Pour um. <laughs> There's some really lame jokes. Uh, lame ponds are a Jewish tradition. Oh, I'm oh, good. See, man, I'm fit right in. It's a small but important part of my genetics. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to have like a fun, upbeat episode. Yeah, we needed it. Yeah. After last week. Yeah. You know, last week was kind of a, just a, you know, a lot of history there. Yeah. A lot of history. Yeah. So this coffee's brewed. We've got some coffee in our cups. Um, Olfactory reveal. I know we smelled it. it smells, you know, good. And, it smells uh, good. It looks a little dark in the cup, doesn't it, it? It does look a little dark in the cup. That happens every time. I feel like maybe the pre-ground, uh, you know, it tastes good. Does it? It, it doesn't smell good. bad. No. I mean. What's the, what's the Jewish word for great? I almost said shalom. <laughs> no. I don't think that's correct. I uh, I know a lot of Jewish words for not great. Mm. I shouldn't mm. say Jewish words. I know a lot of Yiddish words for not oh. great. I don't know uh, a lot of Yiddish words for good. I think I'd love to add some milk to this. Oh, Jenny, just right after it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the look I, on I your face. Was it great? You didn't like it? Um, it's, it's not that I didn't like it. Uh-huh. It's that I thought it would be best with milk. I think the word for that is fakakta. No, that's pretty <laughs> insulting. <actually. laughs> is it really? They will not like that then if these guys listen to it. Um, okay. So they're really all about the social media more than they're about the coffee. Okay. I can guarantee their social media is better than their coffee no matter how good the coffee is because the social media is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I want to watch good. this now. Total gold. Um, huh. On their Instagram? Yeah. Their Instagram is better than their Facebook. All right. So they've got 11.7. Po- thousand? Yes. Really? Not 11.7 followers. 11.7 thousand followers. Whoa. That's, That's a almost 12,000. Okay. We're going to learn a word really quick. Pronounced Rusha. It is an evil man. It is surprising that this word is not up there with schmuck or putz in the list of common insults, as it gets to the heart of what we might feel about certain people. Nar is perfect for a fool, but when someone is just a thoroughly bad person, even schmuck doesn't cover it. Call him a Rusha. Hmm. What's a goyim? It is a not Jewish person. Oh, okay. Mm. Huh. You know a lot about Judaism for not being too Jewish. I mean, I've absorbed a little. Huh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I see these two guys. They're just like joking around yeah. at, a, at, a, at a kitchen island. They're just kibitzing. Yes, they're just kibitzing. Good see? job. Yeah, look at them. Just kibitzing. They're, <laughs> they're, they're just like a couple of retired dudes. You know, I was actually wondering if they were a couple oh. because oh. of the way they were just like very casually joking around. But I don't think that's the case. Um, Richard lives with a woman around his age, so I assume okay. he's married. Yeah. Um, my favorite definition on their Instagram was schlong. Huh. Because the actual definition is snake. I didn't oh. realize that before. Oh. But we, they definitely are talking about the penis when you say schlong. Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't know that that was Yiddish. Schlong. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, this is interesting. They're really just educating people. Wow. Yeah. Um, on like uh, Jewish culture, and I'm yeah. not going to play them right now because we're recording. But, but feel free I to want to them listen to them right later. Now. I spent so much time listening to all these. They have 
they have Yiddish words of wisdom. They have a weekly Jewish joke. They have an insult of the week. <coughs> they share some curses. Can I tell you guys my favorite Yiddish curse? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did yes. not learn it from these guys. May onions grow out of your head. Oh. <laughs> Which means like, may you die and be buried and oh. decompose and may the stinkiest plant ever grow out of your decomposing flesh. Wow. Oh, that's a fucking curse right there. <laughs> I love it. How do you say that? What was it again? I don't know how to say it in Yiddish, oh. but in English, may onions grow out of your head. Insults of the week. Witticisms pour out of him like turds from a goat. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Someone else's ass is easy to smack. Like, it's real easy to insult someone else but not turn it back on yourself or criticize someone else. Uh, I see. I was thinking like... Um, Wisdom is fast, but you seem to be faster. (laughs) Is that a Yiddish thing? It's just something I read online. (laughs) (laughs) Weekly Jewish joke. What's Jewish Alzheimer's? You forget everything but the grudges. Ah. I like that one. It's good. That's good. Yeah, these guys are a lot of fun. How are we doing on the coffee? Um, so I honestly, I'm fine with it black. Um, you know, I've had far worse coffees, and it's you know, it's to me, it's pretty, it's pretty drinkable. I'm happy with it with milk. Yeah. Oh, did great. they roast it themselves? They definitely did not roast it themselves. I did not themselves. think so. I have no idea who roasted it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, you know, wherever they're getting it from, you know, it's doing a good job. It's not bad. For something so that we bought ground, it expires in June of this year, which I presume means it's like already eight months right, old in the bag. Right, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a high-end specialty coffee. That's not what it's supposed to be. For something that might get served in a diner or whatever, it's perfectly fine. It, it's yeah. better than Folgers. There you go. <laughs> I'd probably... Oh, can you hand me that sugar stuff? Yeah. I feel like my favorite way is going to be just a hint of sugar. Um, I am definitely going to add whiskey because it's Purim and yeah. I'm ah, obligated. You do. You I are obligated. super drunk and I think it'll be great with this like slightly dark medium roast. You know, I'll meet you there. Um, I did notice a, an aftertaste that was slightly acidic mm-hmm. um, and maybe that is part of, you know, culturally Jewish as well, you know? The after taste of, of, you know, just the last 6,000 years. Um, you know, it's slightly acidic. It burns a little bit. That's really awesome, Marcus. At Passover, um, you do a Passover Seder. It's like a two-hour reading of the story. In my family, we always skipped ahead to the parts where you eat and drink and sing. Sure. <laughs> um, but um, at some point in the Seder, you're... You take a matzah cracker and you put this, um, it's almost like a fruit salad. It's like chopped apples and nuts and cinnamon and honey. It's so good. Okay. And um, you eat that on the cracker, but you add a tiny bit of horseradish Hmm. to represent like the bitterness. Like it's supposed to represent like the sweetness in life, but there's always a little bit of bitter. So the coffee is really capturing that. And you, Marcus... Good job once again. So in tune. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love all these little um, like Jewishisms. That's what it kind of is. It's like a little Jewishism. It's everything is so succinct. They're like they're they, like yin and yang. They get a little bit of it, you know. There's just yeah, a little bit of balance. Like nothing's ever a hundred percent. Right. It, there's always a little balance there. Right. Um, it's always like a lot of humor with like a little bit of like um, darkness. Yeah. yeah. Who is this coffee for, guys? 
I mean, it's for all of us who want to, like, find our tiny percentage of inner Jew. (laughs) I think probably most people of some European descent in the United States have that teeny tiny bit of Jewish in them. Ashkenazi. So uh, it's for all of us. Shalom. Embrace it. Is that the right word? Yeah. Shalom is almost always the right word. It means practically everything. It's like aloha. (laughs) Oh, you know what? Can I tell you what my favorite Jewish phrase is? Yeah. When somebody dies... And the Jewish people say, may his memory be a blessing. I love that. That's my favorite because I feel like there's so many different layers to that. Like, may, like, your memories of that person be a blessing. Mm -hmm. May that memory give you comfort. May that person be well-remembered. May that person have left some sort of a legacy Mm -hmm. on others. So there's different ways to really think about it. And I really think that's a beautiful way to send somebody off. It's like honoring their life and their existence in a way that's positive. Like, may they always be with you in a nice, positive way also. Hmm. A lot of Jews don't believe in an afterlife. Like, your afterlife is your legacy. And so the way you're remembered is, like... You're in heaven or you're in hell based on the memories you leave, mm. basically. Mm. So, yeah, it's a really beautiful. I really love the sentiment of that. Yeah. My favorite is Lahayim. <laughs> Does that mean to, like, drink up? To life. <laughs> to life. Yeah, it's a nice, like, you say that before a drinking. Yeah, yeah. that's when I've always heard it was that's before good. a drink. Yeah. Yeah, I it's like a toast. that too. It's good, yeah. which is appropriate for poems. So, yeah, all right. Is that our episode, guys? I think so. Okay, well... Yeah, appreciate you again. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much. And then we'll have uh, this matzo ball soup in another really fun episode of um, something on Patreon next week, um, which is going to be, what are we doing for the second one? I don't know yet. Bubble tea, maybe? Oh, Marcus is dying to do the bubble tea. I really wanted to do the bubble tea. And yeah, check us out on Patreon. No bad reviews. Pod. That's where we are everywhere. Yeah. Google it. And socials. Yeah. Monies. Yeah. Bad, bad reviews pod. Yeah. I know you got four bucks. <laughs> Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.